Hi, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about some deep stuff. I'm here to tell you that you're amazing. And often, the only person who can't see that is you. No matter who you are, what you do, or where you're from, there's greatness in you. Let's talk about it. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj and welcome to the Transformation Starts Today podcast where I interview leaders, champions, and high performers from all walks of life as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned along the way, and empowering perspectives to help you create an extraordinary life without regret starting today. Today we have with us my friend and brother, a husband, father, coach, and adventurer, Mr. David Weaver. For over 15 years, David has been coaching and training individuals, small groups, and companies to create a life and business they love. He teaches them to drastically reduce stress, intentionally design their life to align with their highest values, identify the most important thing to move the business forward, and create a fulfilling quality of life. As a result, his clients feel happy and healthy, make more money, and create freedom. David, it is such an honor to have you with us, brother. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, man. This is a long time coming. We've known each other for a while and uh, excited to dive in for today just to give people some context. You know, you and I, we co-facilitated along with our partner, Alex, this men's mastermind group for almost a year. That's We, we met shortly before then. We've known each other for years now. And my experience of you is you have such a wonderful business mind and a really beautiful heart of service. And I'm excited for you to share yourself with everyone here today. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, doing great. It's been uh, kind of an interesting week in the house with some sick kids and everything. But <laughs> other than that, it's been really good. I got my very first turns of the year in on Sunday, which is one of my my favorite things to do. Uh, got to drive up to Mount Rainier and strap on my split board and hike up halfway and then snowboard down. And it was so great. I love that. Yeah. I've seen photos of what you do. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and you. So we'd love to just dive in that for my listeners who don't know you yet, I found that each of us is the hero of our own story. And we've gone through challenges and hardships. We've overcome certain things to get to where we are today. And we've probably learned many lessons along the way. And if you could share with us, what brought you to where you are today and why you do what you do? Yeah, totally. So, uh, well, let's just, because we got time, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it, keep it kind of short. But, uh, when I, when I was a kid, if we go all the way back to when I was a kid, uh, the plan from pretty early on was I wanted to be a professional musician. And mm -hmm. so I spent a lot, a lot of time in that world, just like playing music, writing music, being in different bands, all this stuff. And had some like really incredible opportunities as a result of that. Like, um, in high school, I played. I played jazz. I was this weird kid. I was like varsity sports and then jazz and like AP classes. And like we had a weird, it was cool. I'm really thankful for my high school experience. But uh, when I was in high school jazz, when I was a sophomore, we had some seniors who were like amazing. They were incredibly good. Like they went on to like the top colleges in the country, um, you know, right after that as freshmen. Uh, but but that year we we entered some different contests and one of them was have you heard of the band uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy? 
No, I, don't, I haven't, though. No. no, okay. They're a pretty, like, famous, like, swing jazz band. They're, they're kind of, I guess they're getting a bit dated these days. But um, they put out a contest, like, anybody in the country, record a cover of one of our songs, and whoever does the best one will come to your school and play a concert with you. And so, <laughs> in the whole country, we did that, and we won. And so, they came to our school, and, like, we sold out our gymnasium. There was, like, 500 people in our gym that came out, and we got to play a concert with these guys. And it was so cool. And then from there, we entered uh, what's called the Duke Ellington Festival, which is like the they take the top 10 jazz bands in the country to go to New York and play in Lincoln Center. And we also got in the top 10 for that. And so it was just like this insane year of like, you know, kind of once in a lifetime experiences. I got to like go to the Iridium Jazz Club, play at Lincoln Center, uh, shake Wynton Marsalis's hand, like, you know, just unbelievable sort of experiences and and all the while doing this, I'm like playing in rock bands and, you know, doing all that stuff too. Wow. And so, you know, fast forward a few years, we all start getting married, buying houses and condos and, you know, life just sort of happens. And um, I just stopped playing music like all together. <laughs> and uh, I didn't even really realize it. And in the meantime, I like, you know, I got a real job. I worked my first quote unquote real job was. Uh, in IT. I worked in IT for an engineering firm and it's a great job, great people, good pay, but I was so bored. I was like, this is not what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> and so I began just like trying to figure out what, what do I want to do? What's next for me? And, you know, kind of watched my dad work in corporate America, not in like super corporate, but just a traditional job for all of his life. And not being really happy and like, I want to do something that feels fulfilling to me with my life. And so I began exploring all these options. Like maybe I'll be a firefighter. Maybe I'll be a, like I applied to special forces for the army. And then they were like, well, here's how much you get paid. And I was like, well, I can't even pay my bills with that. So no. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, uh, kind of landed in this health and fitness world. And um, my wife and I ended up opening our own studio. And, um, it was awesome. We, we had, we had this opportunity to work with all kinds of people, young and old, all different things. Like, you know, I, I remember one of my favorite things was I had a client and she was like 70 and she came in and she was like, I'm going to have to go on kidney dialysis if I don't change something. And so like, all right, let's, you know, do, do what we can do. And we were able to help her not go on kidney dialysis with just like improving her lifestyle and nutrition and all that stuff. And, you know, help people do triathlons and, all that stuff is fun too, but I really got a kick out of the like quality of life thing. Like that, that older gal, like she, because she came to see me, was able to like get on the ground and play with her grandkids, you know? And to me, that's like, that's really cool. So anyway, long story short, we had the, we, we ran that for eight years. And towards the end of that, um, this question that I like to ask myself is what makes you feel fully alive? And I realized that in asking me that myself, that question and other people, that question, and like, do I want to do what I'm doing now for another 10 years? And the answer was no. <laughs> but with that was like a lot of sadness. And I described it for me. It was like the reason why I think we had success with our studio is because I was so single minded that we were going to succeed. I was like, there's no other option. Like we're doing this. You know, I was able to like leave my corporate job, grow our space three times. We had like 4,000 square foot space by the end of it. Um, and 
I forgot what I was going on. I just lost my train of thought. Uh, it'll come back to me. Come on, come back around. Oh, but I was like, uh, it was like a death of a dream for me. It was like, it was really, really kind of sad because I was like, I don't know like what what's next, but I know I don't want to do this how I'm doing it for 10 more years. Um, and so one of my clients, she is a successful businesswoman and she was like, hey, you should go take this class down in Utah. It's, for, it's on business coaching. She's like, I think you'd be really good at it and you'd really like it. So I went down and took it and it was like, boom, that light bulb moment for me of like, ah, this is how I can continue to like grow and expand and the, all the parts of coaching that I love, which is helping people like make real life change. But I was like, I don't care if I teach somebody how to squat or push up ever again. <laughs> like, just, it's fine. If I never teach that again, I'll be good. Um, and so that was kind of the turning point for me. And then that led to, you know, hiring my own coaches, meeting you and Alex, like all these things to like where I am today. And I couldn't be more grateful because I, I, even with the studio, I didn't feel like, I felt like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but not as much as I do now. I'm like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. I love that, man. Thank you for sharing that story. And I hope everyone who's listening, tune into a version. If not, it's, this may be the exact question you asked, but I could be paraphrasing it a little bit, but what makes me come most alive and then when I come from that space, do I want to keep doing what I'm doing for the next 10 years, like in David's situation? Now, maybe it's not exactly the same way you know, you'd be doing it. Maybe you're maybe it's a minor shift or maybe it's a massive shift and it's a completely different way of doing things. But it's a wonderful introspective question because if you don't live intentionally in that sense of coming from the space of, okay, every day, every week, every month, whatever it is, whatever my cadence is, I'm checking in with myself. Am I happy? Am I on purpose? Am I living a life that I believe is meaningful? Am I contributing in a way, contributing to others in a way that really feels good to me? And am I living a life I can be proud of? And if the answer to those questions is no, then it's better to figure that out sooner so then you can do something about it. And so just kudos to you for asking yourself that, that, that question that for many people they shy away from. And so that's really Thank powerful. You. Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. it. And so in your experience, I you worked with a lot of business owners, a lot of leaders, what have you found holds people back from growing their business and creating the impact they desire in the world? Like how are business owners getting in their own way? It's their, their thinking. It's just, <laughs> it's how they're relating to the world. A hundred percent. Like, you know, I tell people like, yeah, I, call, I don't even, I actually struggle with like what title to call myself, but generally kind of in the business coaching sort of realm, because I work with business leaders and business owners, like that's who I work with. Um, but you know, they, they might think like, okay, when we start working together, we're going to like figure out all these business parts and stuff. We'd never start with that. We always start with the human and the person sitting right in front of me because 80% of what's going on is literally right between the ears and, and in the head every day. And if we, we stop trying to put band-aids on things and we like, just go dive into the root, which people usually don't take time to do or know how to do, then we can go back and look at that business tactics and all that kind of stuff again but at, from this different place and that changes everything like i have literally seen multiple times many times people like we don't work on their business at all we just work on them and their business starts making more money like almost immediately <laughs> i'm sure you see the same thing right 
Yeah, I, I've seen that over and over again. A client of mine that comes to mind when she gave me a testimonial, she actually said that in the testimonial that we dealt with a lot more personal stuff than I expected, but that helps so much in the professional sense as well. You know, yeah. I, I like to think of it as for me, the I love the quote, the rising tide lifts all boats. And when I think about how that relates to the work I do, I, I look at it as each of us is the tide in our own life and the boats represent different areas of your life. And so it could be the career, the family, the health, the whatever, the fitness, the whatever else it is. But if you just work on one of the boats, at least in this metaphor, at the expense of the other ones, it's like you're kind of piling on the weight onto one boat and maybe it sinks. <laughs> but mm -hmm. if you work on the water and you work on the tide and you raise it by you just becoming a better version of you, working on that personal, how you show up in the world, who you're being, mm -hmm. all the, the tide lifts all the boats and all the areas get better. And so I've definitely found that to be the case. And there's a quote that comes to mind. I don't remember who said it, but it's something to the extent of the worst things I've ever experienced have never happened to me. And that, mm -hmm. that goes back to this idea of the thinking that gets us in trouble, that we buy into the worry and the concern and the fear, and we feel it and our life seemingly goes downhill and we spiral out of control and we're not creating the results that we want and we're feeling disempowered and disheartened and bad about ourselves. And that's decreasing our performance massively. And someone mm -hmm. like yourself or what I do, it's like just by helping somebody step back into their power and step back into kind of that reality, <laughs> not like there's what's happening and then there's your thinking about what's happening. And mm -hmm. that's where, in my experience, people get messed up. <laughs> Have you seen that yeah. to be the case as well? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite person that like sits in front of me is like, you know, when you're having a conversation, you're like, okay, like what, what do you feel like your biggest challenge is? And they go, me. <laughs> You're like, all right, we're good. Let's get started. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Because like when you can recognize that, you know, you know, because you're then you're already partway there. You're like, I know, I know it's me and how I'm thinking and how I'm relating, but I'm not sure like how to deal with that. I love that. And, you know, there's it's funny. I was talking with a gentleman earlier today. We're probably going to do some work together. And this was yesterday also. Two different people, they said the same thing, you know, my variation of what's holding you back from like having what you want. And they both said, you know, me. And I acknowledged both of them in the same way that I'm going to acknowledge what you shared for everyone who's listening in your own life as well. When you can turn that light of focus on you and take the responsibility and say, my life isn't the way that I want it to be. And it's because of me. And there's not about, it's not about shame, blame, guilt, fault, none of that. It's coming from a space of empowerment. The moment you point your finger and say, my life is the way that it is and I don't have what I want because he or she did A, B, and C, or they're not letting me do that, or the economy's like this, or whatever the story is, you've now given away your power and said, my internal reality can't change until the external reality changes first. But that's got it backwards. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And so the moment you can say, you know what? I'm the only thing holding me back. Like David said, you're already halfway there because automatically you're in the driver's seat. You're coming from that space of being a creator of your life instead of coming more from that victim space. I love sharing with people that you can be at cause or at effect. You can be a result person or a reason person. If you're coming from the space of, I don't have the results that I want, and here's all the reasons why, you're at effect to life. And you've disempowered yourself and you have to wait until the external changes in order for your life to change. And you might be waiting forever. But if you come from that space of I'm going to be a results person and I'm going to take ownership of the fact that I don't have the results that I want right now, how am I creating that? 
what am I doing and not doing? What am I saying and not saying? That's leading to these results that I don't want anymore. <laughs> and then reaching out to somebody and getting some help. It just, it's music to my ears when people say something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Can you dive into a little more of the distinction between working on the business versus working on the person running the business? And maybe even give some examples if anything comes to mind of a of a story or two that kind of exemplifies that if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think a lot of times we think like, oh, if I can just figure out this piece of, of something, you know, related to the business, whatever it may be, then I'll be successful and like things will start to work. But really the thing that comes behind that is, is the person. And often, you know, it's different if you have like a hundred employees and you're like delegating all these things. But if you're kind of the person who's doing a lot of the things, um, then you're directly how you're showing up is having a direct impact on your business. And so, for example, I, I have this client who she came to me. Um, this is actually a really cool story. So she came to me and uh, we're talking and I'm like, OK, this is a great fit. This is a go, you know, and I'm like, OK, let's get started. And she's like, great. I can't afford you, but I'm going to go get a client because she does some consulting work so that I can't afford you. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's see what happens. So, oh, right. Cause like people say stuff all the time, but like the follow through is pretty rare. Um, she did she, like eight, nine days later. She's like, I got that contract. Let's get started. We got, so I like, I signed her up um, to get started to work together. And um, like three days later, she got an email from the people who hired her, that company, they pulled out. So the work that she was hired to do, they no longer had that work anymore. So it was like of no fault of her own. It was like a triple trickle down effect, right? And so she got on the call. We, we got on the call. I was like, okay, let's just talk about it or whatever. And she was like really upset. She was in tears. She's like, oh, I really wanted to do this. And I'm like, you know what? I believe in you. I believe in your mission. The fact that you showed me this like, uh, you know, motivation, gumption, whatever word you want to use to like go out and do that. We're just going to do it anyway. I'm like, let's just get started. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the point that you're earning the income, you'll start you'll start paying because you're we're going to get you to that point, right? And so, yeah. So we didn't work on her business at all. We worked on like how she was thinking because she has a lot of different like roadblocks when it comes to relating to money and and all these different things. Um, and so she has this program that she's ran a couple times and hasn't charged for it yet. She's like really scared to charge money for it and all this stuff. So we, we spend, you know, uh, four weeks or so working through some of this mindset stuff through that work. She gets up the courage to reach out to some influencers in her space in social media and share her story and share her heart. And they were so inspired by that, uh, that they put it out in the world. And she went from like having 12 applications on Monday to having 145 applications by the next week Wow! for her, for her program. Right. And so just like, and that wasn't even, <laughs> that was just like the first part. And then after that, we like go through and we, we work through some more stuff. And, you know, by the end of, um, not even by the end of it, after, after going through a few more layers of things and just working on her, like we're not doing anything tactically, right? I didn't do anything tactically, but her confidence and how she was relating to what she was doing and the program value that she 
felt that she had to put out there in the world, she had that courage to reach out. And then she had the courage to actually charge for it because she could see the value in having people pay for it and what that was going to do for their life. And so then in one week, she closed like $30,000 in sales effortlessly. She was like, it's not even sales. Like I taught her how to talk to people. And like, it just became this like beautiful unfolding story of her simply stepping into her power and her belief and her impact and what she's doing in the world. And then, you know, the coolest thing ever, like being scared to charge money. And then to like, this was a few weeks ago saying, I'm so excited. This day is here. I'm ready to start paying you. Wow. Because I can, like I've created this. And like, so literally like she is doing some tactical things on the back end, but none of that would have been possible if the belief and how she was thinking didn't happen first. Yeah. That's such a great story. And first congratulations to you and to her. Like that's amazing. And I, it's music to my ears when I hear people like really stepping into their power and living a life that they love. And it reminds me, you know, you alluded to this in a way in the beginning, you know, when I was probably 15, I heard Tony Robbins talk about how 80% of success is psychology, 20% is mechanics. Mm -hmm. And so often, especially from like a business coaching perspective, people show up with the idea of what's the strategy? What's the tactic? What's the thing I can tweak to make everything work? But like you and I have found, and like we're talking about very often, that's, yeah, you might benefit from that. And you might be missing some things that would be some quick things to change. But more than likely, the thing that's missing is you. And the thing that's missing is, it's like there's a belief or there's a fear or there's whatever it is like we're talking about here that's holding you back. And some people consider that like the soft stuff. And I find that so interesting that when I work with people, like, yeah, they'll get the gold that they're after. But the thing that they are so excited about at the end when they share with me, like from a testimonial, let's say, you know, I'm so much more like I love myself and I'm so much more confident and like my relationships are better than they've ever been. And I just like, I don't feel like anything can stop me. And all the things that used to trigger me and bother me, they don't anymore. And it's like, yeah, you then you create money and business success and all that. But if you don't address the person, then they'll create all the external results while the internal stays the same, if they even are able to do that. <laughs> and then now they're not that fulfilled and they're not that happy because they go, is this all there is? Mm -hmm. But if you address both in that holistic way, like I know you do, it's amazing that difference I can make. Yeah. And the irony is like, if if you ask people to to think about like okay well, like what would what does actually success mean for you and what is actually most important for you and like what kind of legacy do you want like thinking about like living a life with no regrets <laughs> working on you is the answer to that anyways and so it's like yeah we say we want this stuff and we do for sure but we really we really want that stuff that's like we're working on inside more and that's like the thing that we're gonna be most proud of when we're, you know, close to the end of our life anyways. Yeah. Well, when I read your bio in the, in the introduction, the last word in your bio, I believe is freedom. And this mm -hmm. idea of how people create more freedom in their life. And I know a lot of business owners, they get frustrated because they feel like their business is running them. Can mm -hmm. you share how, what are some of the ways you help people run their business so that they can maybe step out of some of the weeds and take back control and take back some power over their life? Yeah. So, um, a, a lot of times they're, you know, when I'm start working with somebody that's like, they're very much in reactive mode and just kind of responding and kind of doing things the way that they've, they've always done. So having an opportunity to step back and pause for a minute is so valuable 
because most likely you're not going to do it on your own. You need somebody to be like, Hey, go do this homework and slow down for a second. <laughs> and you know, on the onset, that's like, well, how I'm too busy. How can I slow down and do an extra thing? But the thing is, if you do that, then you can more appropriately, you know, plan and take control over your schedule. And I find that like one of the biggest things that, you know, if we get outside of just like who you're being and how you're showing up, but is like that whole, how you're relating to your schedule thing and how you're choosing to use your time. Um, and if you don't take the time to plan that, then you are just going to forever be in this like reactive mode. And so really just getting clarity about what the most important levers are for you and then delegating the things that aren't. And so it's like, you know, what things actually really, and I'm sure you've heard like the 80, 20 rule, like what are those 20% things that are going to actually move things forward? And then, and also what are the things that are most life-giving for you? And as soon as you can afford to de delegate anything that's not in that category of those two things, get them off your plate, the faster you're going to grow and the faster you're going to get like control back of your life and your time and your schedule and your business. Yeah. There's uh so much there, you know, um, something I've seen over and over again with people that I've worked with, but also people that I'm in conversation with now that we're thinking about doing some work together is that idea of overwhelm and this idea of being really busy. Like you said, they're going really fast. And what I tell people so often is being busy is a choice. And when somebody tells me, oh my God, like my calendar, is so hectic and they look at it and they're dreading doing it. And I say, okay, and then this goes back to being empowered and taking back responsibility. Who made that schedule? And they'll say, I did. <laughs> it's like, well, why'd you do that to yourself? <laughs> why did you say yes to things when you meant no? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's like a people pleasing kind of thing. And sometimes just a lack of boundaries, but whatever it might be, when we're saying yes, when we mean no, when we're going a million miles an hour and someone like you or I says, you got to slow down. I love telling people, sometimes you got to slow down to speed up because yeah. if you're going in, the, there's a, where I heard this, but the quote is something to the extent of if you're going in the wrong direction, it doesn't matter how fast you're going. Like you got to stop and turn around. And so right. that's the <laughs> way we've got to slow you down to pause and reevaluate. Do I even, is this still important to me? Does it matter? Is that still where I want to go? <laughs> I've been doing it for a while. How are the results that I've been creating? Are they actually leading to the life that I want? Am I happy? Am I fulfilled? Like David was saying, maybe I've been doing this for five years. Do I want to do it for another 10? And if the answer is no, I remember hearing Steve Jobs, he was on stage with Bill Gates and this is a long time ago. And Steve Jobs said something to the extent of people say it's important to have passion for what you do. And Steve Jobs said, and I agree, you do need passion because it can be really hard. And if you don't have passion, if you don't love what you're doing, you're going to quit because you're sane. Because it's going to be hard and you're going to fall down many times. And what's going to keep you getting back up? You enjoy it. That's what's going to make you want to keep putting yourself out there. But again, slowing down and just taking a lay of the land. Like, okay, how is my life right now? How am I structuring things? How am I scheduling it? How am I spending my time? And is it serving me? And if it's not, be willing to change. You know, I always tell people your life changes when you do. And if you're not willing to make the change, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting because you keep doing the same input. And when the input stays the same, the output stays the same. Yeah. And yeah. And when you can like stop for a second, you can't consider what could be possible if you don't stop. Mm. And I think that's really powerful because it, uh, likely there are a lot of things that 
people are doing that they're doing just because they've they've done them and they're busy. They're like busy work, but they're not actually in any way really helping move the needle forward. And like it is it is possible if you stop that there's something drastically different could be there for you. Like I'll use myself as, as an example. Setting up my business, I've been very, very intentional. I only take recurring coaching calls three days a week. I don't ever work Fridays unless I want to. Um, I, I set it up so that we can travel and I can work half the week and we can go out and we can play half the week. And I know, you know, I know that's like easier said than done, but it's also built on like 15 years of working with people and owning two businesses and like, you know, learning and getting to this point. Um, but like, if you can, if you don't stop and like, think that that could be a possibility it's never going to be a possibility mm. and so you know I, I think there's just so much value in that absolutely and this idea of the structure like you said not working on Fridays unless you want to I remember when I first started my business I didn't have any kind of boundaries it was the more the merrier you know come on in and it turned into any time between like 8 a.m and 6 pretty much sometimes even later anyone could book a call. And what would determine if I was having lunch or working out was if no one booked a call. <laughs> and so that like, I had many days where I missed it, where I didn't eat that much, or I had days where I didn't get to work out several days in a row. And then eventually it's like, hold on, you know, am I liking this cadence? And it's like, no, no, I'm going to, you know, block out where no one can schedule from 12 to two, those two hours are mine. And it's like, and I'll do whatever I want to do with that, whether it's eat or work out or whatever I need to do. But that is a boundary that I create that then makes my life situation better, my quality of life go up. In that same way, you might say in your life, you know, Fridays or weekends, like I don't want to work because I want to do this in my family. And like, like you said, somebody could say easier said than done. But the thing is, there's that Lao Tzu quote, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You got to start somewhere. And so start with whatever you can do. Maybe you can only give yourself a half hour earlier, like you finish on one day but that's fine. It's better than nothing. And you build it and grow from there. But it is incredible what happens when you take back control of your schedule and you look at it and you say, what's the cost of keeping it the same? And so if you were to look at your schedule and say, okay, here's all the things I've said yes to. Now, which of these am I not excited about? Okay, well, why did I say yes to them? Can I get out of them? And if I do need to do them, how do I ensure that I don't continually have to keep doing it? You know, And then just from that place, your life changes dramatically when you see the cost of what's the cost of, to you, to your mental, emotional well-being, to your level of stress, to your family and to your relationships of you continually living a life where you're putting everyone else's priorities ahead of your own. Mm -hmm. And I've yeah. just seen people do that over and over and over again. It's like, you're the most important person in your world and it's not selfish, it's selfless. Because when you put yourself first and you take care of you and you fill your cup up, you can give to the people that you care about forever. But when you put everyone else first and you're last on the totem pole, then you burn out. And then you're not going to be able to serve anyone because now you need to be taken care of. And so when we can get clear on how can I make myself first so I'm the best version of me for my spouse, for my kids, for my team, for my whatever it is. And it's incredible how quickly life changes when you make yourself a priority. Yeah, 100%. And I think the last thing kind of add to this that I've seen is like most of the time we have an expectation that other people have these expectations and that's what's driving our schedule and a lot of times that story is not even true <laughs> like I, I was talking with the client like wait like 
I think that they expect me to whatever, be available for this or do that or whatever. But if you simply said, hey, I'm available here on these days, they'd be totally fine with that, (laughs) you know? And and so a lot of times I just really see that like expectation of others as one of the reasons why people don't change. And it's built on almost completely false stories. Yes, you know, there's expectation and assumption. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like when just everyone who's listening, your life will dramatically improve if you just start questioning the thoughts that you have. You know, you have the thought of, oh, I want to do this, but I can't do it for this reason. Is that actually true? Like, what's actually holding you back? Are you sure? How do you know? Did you ask them? Did they tell you that? Or are you assuming that? Mm -hmm. And just with that, most of the time you sit there and you go, well, no, I didn't ask them. I'm just assuming it for this reason. Well, don't do that. (laughs) Go talk to them and go make it clear. Hey, this is what I can work. Can that work for you? Yeah. Like David said, and then you get the exact schedule that you want, but you got to take back control. I think that it's a good segue that in our previous discussion, you and I were talking about self-mastery. And I know that's such a powerful foundation to an extraordinary life. Can you just speak to that and why it's so important? Yeah, I think uh, man, this this has been really fun because I've just recently gotten really excited about <clears throat> this idea and this this concept of self mastery. But you know, I think generally, if you think about that, <clears throat> sorry, I'll get some water here. One sec. Okay. Um, if you if you think about mastery, if you like look up the definition, it, it can go one of two ways. The definition it just it literally just says self-control, <laughs> which I think is very interesting. Um, but to me, self-mastery is like built on so many people and mentors and things that I've learned and books that I've read. And before that's like this ever, this never ending journey of, you know, becoming the be- best version of who we can be. And I think that it's there's so many things that create freedom when we go down this road of self-mastery. Like so much of our, our roadblocks and our constrictions and reasons why we're not happy or not finding success, quote unquote, in different aspects of our life um, is is because honestly, like we're not taught a lot of this stuff. Like if you think about generationally too. Mm-hmm if I go back to my parents' generation and then their parents' generation, like even just a simple little thing, like how often in my house growing up did I hear, I love you? Well, somewhat often, not a ton, right? How much did they hear in their house growing up? Almost never. How much in the generation before that? Like, you know, and I'm generalizing, I know that, but this like, evolution that I've seen in generations of of like human consciousness and our understanding of how our brains work and our emotions and our thoughts and how powerful all of these things are. I I think it's like the most exciting time ever because we have a better understanding of all this stuff than we ever have before. And in going down that road, we just create more and more and more freedom to actually just be like totally free (laughs) autonomous humans. And to me, that's like very exciting. Yeah. And I think it's one great gateway into, you know, self-mastery. And it goes with that last part you said about being autonomous. You know, what do I want? It's such a simple question that very often people don't know how to answer it. You know, it's like, I'll ask, Mm -hmm. what what do you want? What do you really want? And they'll tell me what they don't want. (laughs) It's like, well, I don't want this. I don't want that. But what do you want? (laughs) It's like, what would be this amazing life? 
And when you give yourself permission, I made a post about this on social media the other day, this idea that if you want to create something, the only way to do it is to you have to create it first in language and then you have to live in integrity with what you said. And so actually speak out. This is what I want. This is the kind of relationship. This is the amount of money that I want. This is the kind of business that I want. This is how I want my calendar to look. This is the lifestyle I want. I want to exercise in this way. I want to, you know, whatever else is important to you. This is how I want to do it. And then actually back it up. Like, don't just say it, do it. And when you do it, it's like, it's so simple that if I could give somebody one thing, it's like, do what you say you were going to do. If you just did what you said you were going to do, assuming you said what you wanted, you'd get it. But so often, you know, like we're coming up to January and people talk about New Year's resolutions and, you know, with your fitness background, you probably know that very well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like people will have these and it'll be September or October of the previous year. And they'll say, oh, you know, I can't wait to start that. When are you going to start? January. Why are you going to wait three months? Like, why not get started now? And like you said earlier with that client of yours, that follow through is usually not there. But just taking back Mm -hmm. that ownership and saying, what do I really want? Why do I really want it? And then let's just go. Let's take one step in that direction. It doesn't need to be perfect, but 1% better than I was yesterday. And if we just do that, life changes fast. Like David mentioned, he's been doing this for, I think he's 15 years, right? The coaching, fitness, all that. Yeah. Coaching in some capacity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you know, in, in my, in my line of work, you know, similar, you know, it's like, and when I think about the amount of time and effort that's gone into growing my business every year, I look back and I see, wow, it's incredible to see the growth, but I didn't start there. And like, nobody does. And when we kind of believe that we need to have it all figured out in the beginning, or it has to happen faster, we have this like inappropriate time expectation. And everything just kind of gets messed up. But if you just start small, start where you're at and do what you can, you will get where you want to go. And it'll just take the time and give it that time. Enjoy the process. Fall in love with that. Stop trying to rush it. You give up early when you do something like that because you get disappointed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The foundation of this podcast, the foundation of my work is to help people create an extraordinary life without regret. Could you share with us, if somebody were to ask you, David, you know, how do I live an extraordinary life without regret? How would you respond to that? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I I, I think uh, it, it's it's a lot of things. It's a lot of of conversations. It's a lot of unfolding. It's a lot of learning and wanting to learn more about yourself and and who you really are, and like unfolding all these things. And, and learning how to, to stop beating ourselves up, to stop like operating from this place of fear and shame. And, you know, if we can, like, I don't know if your audience, if you've talked about like the scale of consciousness, have you talked about that in any episodes before? It might have come up once, but I'd love for you to expand for people who aren't sure what that is. Yeah. So it's like this idea that, you know, towards the bottom, it becomes more and more restrictive in kind of how, how we're operating in the world. And there's like things like, you know, fear, shame, and guilt are towards the bottom of the, the list there. And then up at the top, we've got things like um, enlightenment, hope, love, these, these types of things and operating from there. And so I think that the more time we can spend becoming aware of how we're operating and how we're showing up in the world, and then choosing that intentionally is, is really at the root of living a life without regret, right? And, and choosing 
like we have, we have this question that I love and I, I start all of my calls with this. I'm like, I'm sure you have goals and that's great. And we all have goals and we want to achieve these things. But something recently that I've been noticing a lot is like, we set these goals and then oftentimes we don't hit them. Right. But the default to that is guilt, shame. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like, that's, it's an interesting thing to think about here. And, and this is obviously kind of individualized and depends on the, the person and where they're coming from. But this question that I know we love to ask, which is instead, what would you love to create? And the difference between asking that question and what are your goals? That's like, that's coming from such a different place. And to me, that's also like part of that um, scale of consciousness where you're much higher up on the scale of consciousness when you ask that question. Um, and Living a Life Without Regret, uh, Bronnie Ware, she wrote the, the top five regrets of the dying. She's a palliative nurse. Mm -hmm. And she said the number one regret of all these people who are like near the end of life was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the one others expected of me. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe that's the best way to sum it up right there. It's just like, you know, living a life true to who you really are. And, and then that's it. And then like living that out with as much integrity as possible, because that's, that's a thing where I, I see a lot where we, we trip up a lot, right? We're, we're pretty good for the most part. People are pretty good with integrity with other people. Like, Hey, I told you I'd do that. I will do that sort of thing for the most part with ourselves hmm, where it's a lot slipperier slope for that one. I, you know, so I think the more we get into alignment with that, that self-integrity, um, the the less regret we're going to have yeah uh, that last part i th this idea that in general this is also kind of painting with a broad brush but for most people when somebody gives you their word and they break it you judge them and you think something negatively about them for not keeping their word but if you break your word you give yourself a pass <laughs> and you come up with all the reasons. Yeah, yeah, I didn't keep it for this reason and that happened. I was busy. And of course, you know, who who could have done that? <laughs> and it turns into this, you give yourself the excuse and you kind of weasel your way out a little bit. But what if you held yourself to that same standard of integrity? And when you talked about this idea that a lot of people set goals and they don't hit them. And then the default is that blame game, that blame, sh shame and guilt. But as a different perspective for everyone who's with us, you are always creating results no matter what. Now, you may like the result you created and you might not like the result you created, but you always create results. And so whatever the result is, you look at it and then you be with it and you can either disempower yourself with the it's not fair and kind of you know crap on yourself and all of a sudden you end up not getting where you want to be or you can come from that space of interesting, like the way a scientist would approach an experiment and say, you don't fail when you do an experiment. You just got a result you didn't want it. You got a result you didn't want. There we go. <laughs> and so by getting a result you didn't want, you look at it and you go, interesting, how did I do that? Did I add that reagent too early and that's why it exploded? <laughs> or did I do this and that's why that happened? Interesting. You make some notes, you don't do it that way, you do it a different way. And you keep experimenting with it and you'll get where you're going. So bring that experimenter mind, bring that mind of play and curiosity versus shaming yourself nobody's going to get it right the first time. And there's people who are still getting it quote unquote wrong the thousandth time. It just doesn't happen as often. And give mm -hmm. yourself that grace that you're in this human adventure and on this journey, you're not meant to be perfect. You know, you're mm -hmm. not meant to be good at something you've never done before. 
you're not meant to be flawless in execution, even though you might carry that expectation that you're supposed to. And I think that we're overly hard on ourselves, and that definitely leads itself to living a life that we don't really feel good about. And like you said, it often starts with ourselves, coaching the person, not necessarily the business, because mm-hmm. if you're being overly hard on yourself and you're having expectations that aren't even appropriate, you might not actually have a problem. You just think you do. <laughs> yeah. I. One of the things that you say, Jamil, that I love so much is uh, a problem is not a problem unless you make it a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have it written down on my list of quotes that I'll be posting on social media sometime soon, but <laughs> uh, I just love that. Um, I was going to say, oh yeah, but because then also like, there's the trickle over effect into like all of the, your, the people that you work with and like all the people in your life. And like to go back to integrity for just a second, a couple of little things, I challenge you if you're listening to this next time somebody says, Hey, we should go grab lunch. And you say, yeah, we should do that. And then you're like, all right, talk to you later. I challenge you because that's a little thing right there of, of not integrity. Cause you really don't mean that. And, and if you did, then uh, pull out your calendar and schedule it. <laughs> so I challenge you next time you're having like one of those conversations, be like, yeah, great. When's good for you? Or say, you know what? Actually, I, I'm I'm not going to prioritize that right now because I have this, this and this going on. Totally respect you. You know, like start to have these more real, authentic, non-people-pleasy conversations uh, That because it's like more really actually in alignment with what's going on in your head and your heart. Uh, it's, it's, I love that. It's so funny you share that. You know, there's many people in my life that love them to death. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, we should really, you know, get some dinner. We should hang out soon. And I'll say, great. I've got like Tuesday and Friday. Are you available? And they'll say, oh, I'll get back. And then I never hear back. <laughs> it's like, all right, it's not idea to hang out. But if, if we're not going to be willing to commit to something, you're just weakening yourself, you know, in terms of your word. Because if yeah. you can't, if I speak and there's not power behind that in the sense that when I speak, something happens. Hey, mm-hmm. David, do you want to get dinner? When? 7 p.m. on Thursday. Yes, great. Where? We'll meet there. Done. That is now a creation. That is happening. At 7 p.m. Yeah. on Thursday, I know where David and I is going to be. But the moment it's like, you want to get dinner? When? Sometime in the future. We'll talk about it. I get off that call. I have no idea when that's going to happen. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, there's like this ambigu- uh, ambiguity and like this, nothing, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing also that quote you you mentioned that I shared, you know, a problem is not a problem unless we make it a problem. I think it's really relevant to what we're talking about. This idea that we started by saying so much of the challenges we experience, if not all of them, are just in between our head. And it's like coming from that space of, well, what makes a problem a problem? Because you can point to a tree, you can point to a rock, you can point to the sun, you can't point to a problem. You can point to something that you you consider a problem, but not everyone in the world would also call that a problem. Some people would think that whatever you're pointing at is great. And even if you, and and just to take it to an extreme, even if you point to some of the worst things in the world, the people who are doing those things at least probably don't think it's too bad, right? Mm -hmm. And so just from that space, what makes something a problem, the meaning we give it. Going back to that experimenter mindset, what makes something a failure? The meaning you give it, the meaning that you make it mean about you versus it's just an experiment and I can always try again. Like there's no failure at that point. And so how are you defining your reality? How are you defining your situation in such a way that's causing you to feel rejected or that you failed or that whatever the case is? 
it's all your creation. And that goes back to being empowered. It goes back to stepping into how am I creating the results that I'm experiencing? The results aren't good or bad. They're just neutral. And then I make it mean something. And then I call it a problem. And then I blame the outside world. <laughs> and nothing changes. <laughs> and like that's like that cycle that we can get out of when you realize the seed of power, the seed of transformation is you. And then when you can step back into like kind of the, it's like, it's like the king or the queen chair. Like the throne, you're standing back and you're st you're sitting in that throne of your mind, and just by doing that, as the experience shows up, you get to decide what it means, and then you get to decide the experience is created as a result of it. Yeah, and as just like a, yeah, I mean, if if everyone who's listening, if you just take what Jamil said in the last like forty five seconds there, <laughs> that that just sums it all up. Boom! Like just go take that, and you'll you'll do great. Um, but <laughs> if like a, a quick example of this is like, you don't necessarily have to change the tactic, right? And the, it's never more apparent than in like sales. So if like, if you're, if you're struggling with sales for whatever reason, and you're, you're showing up and you're like, even just in this energy of like, I really need to close this deal. I need to close this, the sale, whatever it is. Um, and you change how you're relating to the thing and you change how you're showing up. You're not changing anything you're saying, but your energy when you're in the room, your, your your openness, your your curiosity, they're like you're wanting to like serve this person in front of you and showing up like that and changing nothing else can make all the difference in the world. So that's just like a, a tiny example of how like we we think it's a tactic. We think we need to do something different, but but most of the time, a lot of the time, it's just how we're showing up. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it, it reflects back to that example of the client that you shared. You know, when she got told by that company that hired her, we're not going to be needing your services anymore. That put her into a different way of being, like the, almost like the tailspin going down. You said she was emotional, but then you helped her through that. But now who she's being is changing. So, you know, and for everyone listening, don't get David, what David and I are, David I are, don't get what David and I, there we go, are saying <laughs> misconstrued. Doing is important and you might be doing the wrong thing, <laughs> but assuming you're not doing the wrong thing, it's not what you're doing. It's who you're being while you're doing it. And that's, what's going to create different results. Maybe you are looking to get into a relationship. Well, who are you being? If who I'm being is needy, if who I'm being is, I have to be in a relationship. I'm not okay by myself. Like this sucks. Then when you're around and you're talking to people, they're going to pick that up. They're going to feel that energy. There's something about you that seems a little bit too like aggressive. But when you back off the gas and you just come from that space of, I'm just gonna love my life and I'm gonna go around and I'm gonna have fun. And I'm gonna talk to people and then we're gonna see what happens. You get into a relationship faster that way. And it's mm -hmm. just how you're showing up and the energy that you have, like David's talking about, which is so spot on. Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. So like a part two to that extraordinary life question. If our conversation today was your last opportunity to share your message, what's on your heart, what's on your spirit, when you think about what really matters to me to get out into the world, if this was your last opportunity to share with everyone listening, what would you want to make sure that you left them with? I think, you know, I, th I think part of it is stuff I've learned from you, actually. And um, I think this idea of like, if, if we can figure out how to live our life in a way where you can go to, to bed at night with peace. I'm, I'm not sure there's much more that's important to like, to go after. And 
So whatever that looks like for the person, you know, and we talk about this like internal freedom. And I think that that's the way to get there and the self mastery and internal freedom, because it leads to that, like going to bed at night with peace um, for the most part, you know, crazy things happen, but, um, (laughs) and, and just this idea of like, actually, I still have it written on my wall. You said this a while back and we've talked about this today. Life happens, you interpret it. And you experience your interpretation. And like when you break it down to that simple format like that, it's like, well, what interpretation do I want to have? And when you have, when you know that you have the power to choose that, man, life is just a lot more fun. (laughs) You know, you can transform anything. It's, it's amazing, you know, and I've, I've used this example before, but like as a parent, um, my, my youngest child, she would have these like crazy tantrums that would, you know, we, I didn't know what to do with that first. And also I was like on my path to learning some of this stuff as well too. And, um, to be able to take a moment where she is losing her mind, (laughs) punching, kicking, screaming, yelling for two hours. And from, you know, an early parent to being like, Oh my God, like what is going on? And what am I doing wrong? And like, this, this is horrible to, you know, learning all this stuff and moving through that to sitting and smiling and holding her. That's, that's like some really powerful stuff because, you know, it's just choosing that interpretation and like understanding and, and learning and and just being okay with what is. And like, you know, part of it is just like, understanding in this particular instance, like what's going on with the child. One, uh, their prefrontal cortex is not even close to developed. They're stuck in this emotion. They can't get out of it. They're upset that they can't get out of it. They just want you to be there and know that you care. And that's it. And other than that, like, it's just going to kind of have to run its course. And so getting upset about it is not going to do anything for her, for me, for anybody. And so I just think that like, once you can really grasp that, the power of like you get to choose your interpretation and the experience of that, then yeah, it's just, it's life-changing. Very well said, man. Yeah. I think that, you know, a word that really describes an important quality I believe to have on this creation of that extraordinary life is courage. And to me, courage, the thing that's really cool about it is that a lot of people seem to associate or equate courage with fearless and that those are, they couldn't be further from the, from the, from the, from each other <laughs> because courage requires fear to be present in order for you to have it. Otherwise courage isn't required. <laughs> and so right. in order for you to be afraid, but do it anyway, because there's something more important to you on the other side of that fear, or there's something that's really, you know, that you care about that might be sacrificed if you don't <laughs> move through this fear either way. Courage is what I found to be so important to kind of break through what's not serving you to get to your next level. And in that respect, can you share with us what's the biggest or one of the biggest decisions that you've made or a risk that you took in on your journey that you're deeply grateful for and why? Mm, biggest risks or decisions I've made. I think just, you know, I can still remember stepping out and starting my first business. And so I was in a, I was in a pretty fortunate situation when I was working for the, the IT company. And um, 
you know, there's the company, it was during, it was kind of close to the recession when we started. It was like 2007 or eight ish around when we started our first business. And so things were, you know, and the company was actually shrinking a lot. It was like 170 employees. And I think by the time I left, it was down to like 90 or something like that. So wow. a pretty big downsize. And I don't know why I still had a job because I feel like I didn't do that much, but the owner liked me. So I did. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I still remember that, like, I was able to kind of take down my hours because of that. I was like, okay, I'm 30 hours, 20 hours and the business is growing. And like, I remember signing that first lease and being like, this is the craziest scary thing ever. We're like signing a year commercial lease, which is like nothing. And it was tiny comparatively, but um, taking that step out and then letting go of that security blanket of the, the corporate job for the first time. And I'm sure every entrepreneur has, you know, had the same experience, but I still remember that. And I still feel like, you know, even though we set ourselves up, hopefully the best possible way to succeed, there's still a risk and still courage to step out and, and make that happen. And so, yeah, I would say that's something that that stands out for sure. Yeah. Well, would it be correct to paraphrase some of that as I chose me, like I chose to step into what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in that same kind of way, there's people listening right now that Maybe you're early on in your journey in terms of being an entrepreneur, and maybe you've got a job and you haven't gone all into that entrepreneurship. And maybe there's some, you know, fear. There's some stories that you're running, and that doesn't mean that there might not be a challenging transition. You know, that doesn't mean you might not experience some hiccups along the way. But similar to when David said, you know, he only, he does his three days of coaching and Fridays are off and all these kind of things, and he goes, but that's like 15 years in the making, mm -hmm. in that same kind of way. Where could you be 15 years from now? Where could you be 15 months from now? And where could you be 15 like minutes from now? You could change a lot <laughs> if you just make some new decisions going forward. It's incredible when we come back to, I, I mentioned that kind of metaphorical like throne of the king or the queen. And like the king or the queen, let's say runs the show. They're gonna di dictate what's happening in this kingdom. And in that same kind of way, if you see your life and, and like you, the character of you, like you're the king or the queen of your kingdom. Another way of saying that is like my first question to you, you're the hero of your own story. And so from that place, what decisions do you want to make realizing the power that each of those decisions have, and you're only one decision away from a completely different life. And the moment you realize that you go, oh my God, I'm so much more powerful than I realize. Mm -hmm. Then you actually take a different action. If you do something drastically different than you did yesterday, you're going to have a drastically different tomorrow. But if you do something the same as you did yesterday, tomorrow's not going to be that different. And then when you keep wondering why, you know, it's like uh, tomorrow doesn't look that different than yesterday. <laughs> it's like, that's why you got to do something drastically different now, but that's going to change everything. And so David, as we begin to wrap up, can you share with us, what are you working on or working towards now that's exciting you? Uh, a couple of things. One, I'm expanding my team, which I'm really excited about. So uh, I'm, it's just kind of, I wasn't like even my plan really, but it just has organically happened. And that's kind of one of those things that I've learned too, in my experiences to, to listen to my intuition and allow, allow for those types of things to, to come in. And that has definitely served me well. And so in the practice of that, you know, you get better and better at listening to it. Um, so I'm really excited about growing my team and so that we can help more people. And um, I, 
as a result of that, like we were talking about earlier, I created this self-mastery for business owners assessment recently, which mm -hmm. I'm really excited about because I think it's a really useful tool, especially when people are like, I'm not really sure where to look to find out like where I can continue to grow or like what blind spots I have. And um, I think it's something that can help give you a, a really, you know, relatively short amount of time, help you like get to where, ah, okay. Yep. That's, that's what I want to work on next mm -hmm. um, sort of thing. So I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. And um, just also personally, like creating more and more uh, experiences and, and travels, like one of the things along with like my weekly schedule that we've done for the past three years is plan our whole year of where we're going to go the year like beforehand and then book stuff. And I'm telling you, you know, year one of COVID, everybody was like, oh, this is terrible. We're like locked down. We're like, we're doing stuff. We had one of the best years ever because we had already actually like planned it. And, you know, uh, it, we didn't travel like in a plane or anything. So it didn't impact that for the first year, but, you know, just being really intentional about that and creating uh, more experiences and doing new things. I, I like really want to try new things and also kind of dive deeper into a couple of things that I, I really like that I didn't really have opportunity as a kid. And one of those actually is just snowboarding. I, um, I never had a season pass. I never like, you know, a lot of my friends, they grew up doing that. They had ski patrol. We, we didn't grow up with any money. So I never got to do any of that, but now I'm fortunate that I can, and I'm getting to take my kids. And so just like having that experience with them and also kind of honing that skill that I love, um, now kind of pretty late in life relative to like when most people get really good at something like that. Um, I just, I'm really excited about that. I love that. And I want to acknowledge you for practicing what you preach and this idea of, you know, if you, uh, you challenge the audience, if someone you're talking to someone, Hey, we should get lunch. All right, great. When, like what day and like all that in that same way here, you and your family are looking at the year ahead saying, you know, so where do we want to go? And then let's plan where we're going to go, when we're going to go, maybe even let's buy the ticket. And then all of a sudden you have it in the calendar. You know exactly what's going to happen. You got something to look forward to in the future. That's exciting. And that creates hope. And it's like mm -hmm. a lot changes when we do that. Let's see if I can pull this up from memory as we wrap up. But there's a there are three factors to hope. The first is you believe the future can be better than the present. The second is you believe that you can make it that way. And the third is you can come, you, you, you have a plan, like a how, how you're going to make it happen that way. So if you want to feel more zest and passion for life, if you want to feel more excited about your future, give yourself things to look forward to. And actually put them in the calendar and get excited about that because, oh, my God, I get to do this next Tuesday. Oh, my God, six months from now, I can't wait to go to that place. And it creates this positive momentum, like that snowball effect, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger versus, you know, one day I'm going to, you know, do that trip. Yeah. But then you get busy and then 10 years go by and you still haven't done it. And then you wonder, what, what happened to the time? Like, I've always wanted to do that. I know similar to yourself, you talked about with the snowboarding and like maybe building up a skill later than, you know, most people at least, but uh, in my own life, you know, I had so many excuses growing up about traveling, you know, traveling was something I always wanted to do. And when I was in school, like I was all, I was completely on loans. And the thought was I didn't have the money to do it. And I had the thought that traveling is expensive. And, you know, now I know like it can be, <laughs> but it doesn't need to be. And so it's like, I, I had that thought, my story that I didn't question traveling is expensive. 
And there was places that I always wanted to go to. And it was always, you know, after med school, I'll go. And then I finish med school and then I start my business and I go, I don't have any money. <laughs> so now I need to build that up. And it's always something if we let it can get in the way. There's always something that's going to be going on. They can make it not convenient. Yeah. Like one, like I've been to Hawaii twice in the last uh, eight months or something like that for different trainings. And it has been so absolutely incredible. And Hawaii was one of those places that I always wanted to go to. And it started by me just saying, you know what? Screw it. Like I'm going like today's the day I'm booking it. And it's incredible how life shifted from there. And many opportunities have come from it. It's already paid for itself. <laughs> and, but you got to begin, you got to go first. So mm -hmm. what steps can you take today to begin creating the life that you'd like to live going forward? And then actually just start, just start. And so David, how can our audience learn more about you, connect with you, take that self-mastery assessment, anything that you'd like to share? Yeah. Um, so the best place to connect with me on social media would be LinkedIn. Um, actually, I'll, I'll give you the link afterwards because I'm sure there's a bunch of David Weavers. <laughs> it's a weirdly common name. Um, but my website is davidweavercoach.com. And just in case you're listening to this in the future, I'm going to be rebranding um, pretty soon. So that And that will be unbrokenpursuit.com. Um, but for now it's davidweavercoach.com. And then I just actually made it go live today, this morning. Uh, the self-mastery thing is on there. I'll just put your name and email in there and I'll send it over to you and you can get a copy of that. So yeah, that's the best way to connect with me. Awesome. And just a quick suggestion in case, um, if it's going to be a different website, maybe you can uh, redirect it. So if anyone clicks the link in the future, it'll send them to that website or just uh, you can give me the website itself. It's not made yet. And I'll just put yeah. it in the link either way. For sure. I will definitely, everything will be forwarded in the future. I'm like talking to tech people to make that all happen. Perfect. So I'll have all the links in the show notes below. And if for everyone who's been here, thank you so much for giving your time, your energy, your attention. If you've enjoyed this conversation, it would really mean a lot. First, you know, share it far and wide. There's so many people that can benefit from the wisdom and the nuggets of gold that David shared today. And please uh, leave a review, whether it's on pod. I, I always, uh, <laughs> I always almost say Amazon. It is on Amazon, but I, I mean to say Spotify and Apple. It's probably the yeah. primary two people listen on, but if you're on yeah. Amazon, more power to you and <laughs> leave a review there too. <laughs> or YouTube, either way. But you know, new episodes get released weekly and it's been such a wonderful, humbling journey the last seven or eight months or so. And David, it's been so wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Is there anything you'd like to say before we close? Uh, I just want to say thank you to you, uh, Jamil. And I appreciate, you probably don't know how much, uh, like what I do today, you have helped influence. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. That means the world to me. And, you know, all, nothing but love and Love in my heart for you and your family and looking forward to, you know, David and I connected recently. This is actually a good a little side note real quick. David and I had a, uh, a Zoom call recently. Beautiful conversation. We got to catch up and we realized at the end, you know, we should do this a lot more frequently. It's been a while since we've connected. And in that same in that same way, who are the people in your life right now that you haven't connected with in a while that you'd love to reconnect with and recognize just like, hey, when do you want to go to lunch? Let's schedule it. You can reach out to them right now and say, hey, I'd love to see how you're doing. I'm free Friday at two. Like, can you speak? Just that right there. You never know what that can lead to. That can lead to some real magic in your life. And so that is my loving challenge and send off for all of you. You know, I um, this, the foundation of what I do, like I said in the beginning and in the middle of our show today, 
is to help leaders, champions, and high performers to experience more happiness, peace, and fulfillment as they create an extraordinary life without regret. If there's anything you're going through that I might be able to support you with, I'd love to have a conversation, see if or how I can help you. You can book that call on my website, jamilsayage.com. That'll be in the show notes as well under all of David's stuff. And if you're looking for, obviously you're listening to the show. So wherever you're tuning in, you can check out all the other episodes. But I've also had about, I think around 900 pieces of content since 2015 that's online, videos, blogs, quotes, little short things that you can consume quickly that can meaningfully impact your day. You can find that on Instagram at Dr. Jamil Syaj, D-R in the my name, and Facebook and LinkedIn is just my name, Jamil Syaj. I'll have that in the show notes as well. You know, I call this podcast Transformation Starts Today because I have found that most people's favorite day to change their life is tomorrow, and that's why they stay stuck. But you can be different. You can apply everything David and I discussed today. You can ask yourself that question that we started with, what really makes me come alive? And then do I want to keep doing what I'm doing 10 years from now? And if not, what needs to change? And then actually act on it re-listen to this as often as you need to, to get that re-inspiration, reach out to David, get some support, or if I can support you, that's great too. And other than that, have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day, weekend, and I will see you next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you for being with us today. If this conversation served you, it would mean a lot if you left a review and shared this with anyone who may benefit. An extraordinary life without regret is available to you now. Choose it. It's your time.